This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, parallel universes hidden in dark matter. Is that a possibility? Could there actually be parallel universes hidden within the dark matter that scientists have theorized exists for so long? Now, the first article I want to go to is one I found here on universetoday.com, and I posted the link to this article on the Twitter account, UFO Warning. You can get there by going to at warning sub UFO, and the title is... Space news from from the universe today. It says, "Dark matter is notoriously difficult to detect. So difficult that we haven't detected it yet. Evidence for dark matter can be seen in everything, from the warping of light in our galaxies to the way galaxies cluster together. We are pretty sure dark matter is real, but we also know it can't be made of any type of particles we currently know." But a new study has found some interesting data that could be evidence of dark matter, or not. The article goes on and says, A central property of dark matter is that it doesn't interact strongly with regular matter or light. Since it makes up most of the matter in the cosmos, it must be almost invisible. Otherwise, we would have seen it long ago. Now think about that. Most of the matter that makes up the cosmos, the universe, is not the stuff that we see. It's not the everyday atoms that make up the trees, the grass, animals, people, water, air, whatever. No, it's this dark matter. It's the invisible stuff. Just think about that. The vast majority of the matter that makes up what we consider our own world, our planet, our universe, is not what we see, but what we don't see. It goes on, it says, but it should interact with regular matter in subtle ways, similar to the way neutrons interact with matter. Neutrons mostly ignore regular matter. Right now, nearly a trillion neutrinos are streaming through your body each second, and and you'll never notice. But now and then, a neutrino can collide with the nucleus of an atom, creating a few stray photons or elementary particles These collisions are so rare that neutrino observatories often involve sensitive detectors within large regions of fluid or ice. Since dark matter should similarly interact with these regular matter, dark matter observations follow a similar design. Says the Exonet, that's X-E-N-O-I-T, collaboration is one such dark matter experiment. Buried deep underground, it involves a detector array filled with a ton of purified liquid xenon. The project uses xenon rather than water because it was looking for heavy dark matter, particles known as WIMPs or WIMPs. They exist. If they exist, WIMPs would be much heavier than neutrinos, meaning they would produce a distinct signature 
when they collide with regular matter. So Xenot would effectively tune out other stray signals to focus only on WIMPs. Now I know that they we're doing an experiment like this up in, I believe, South Dakota in an abandoned gold mine up there. A uh, fellow I played cards with had talked about how when they closed the mine down, they uh, installed this uh, research um, you know, facility, for lack of a better word, at the bottom of the mine where they would measure for neutrinos, which would have had to have which would have had to have transferred from uh, space through the ground down, I think he told me, almost a mile deep, four or 5,000 feet, anyway, it's quite deep, into the ground and into this large pool of water that, it, that, that was there at the bottom of this gold mine that existed up there in North Dakota. They mined all the gold out, and the mine really wasn't, uh, had no, was no longer uh, reliable to produce gold, so they came in and they set up this facility where they could measure the, the neutrinos, which would say have been able to somehow uh, pass through this mile of, of uh, granite and end up in this pool of water at the bottom of that mine. And this is one of the ways that they are able to uh, conduct experiments to try to decipher the qualities of this dark matter. The article goes on and says, Unfortunately, the team didn't detect any WIMPs, so the team tweaked their experiment to look for another type of dark matter particle known as axions. Axions were first proposed in 1977 to solve some subtle problems in particle physics, but their theoretical prop properties are similar to those of dark matter. The problem is that, that an axion signal and the exenet would be similar to lots of other signals, things such as the radioactive decay of atoms in the detector or the occasional neutrino collision. But these effects are known, so you can calculate the number of expected events. If axions are real, they should produce an excess of events. It would be a signal above the background noise. This is exactly what the team saw. Excess events seen by Xenet credit E. April et al. And then it has a graph here showing just how they measure these background events, proving that, or showing evidence that dark matter does indeed exist. You can see this in a figure from their paper. The red line shows the expected background signal, while the black bars are the exenet data. It, most, it mostly agrees, except at the lower energy end, Doing the math, it is 3.5 sigma excess. It's not high enough to be conclusive, but it is more than enough to be interesting. While this is exciting, the authors stress that this is not conclusive evidence of dark matter. While this is the kind of signal axions could produce, a lot of other things could produce a similar signal. The detector could have some small contamination, such as the trace amounts of hydrogen. There could also be some astrophysical process producing neutrinos, though that seems less likely. The point is, we should be cautious. If this is an axion signal, then further studies will it, confirm it. Now, this, this article right here um, approaches this whole subject in a very um, scientific, conservative manner. The people have believed for a long time and evidence shows that dark matter does exist. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, it makes up the majority of the universe. So what we perceive with our senses 
is a very small fraction of the actual matter. Most of what makes up the universe is not perceived by our natural senses. And I wanted to go back just a second here to an article that I found from back in 2017 on this subject, talking about the possible parallel universe of dark matter. In fact, that's the title of this article from discovermagazine.com, published July 10th, 2013, so almost seven years ago. It says, The Possible Parallel Universe of Dark Matter. As researchers learn more about dark, dark matter's complexities, it seems possible that our galaxy lives on top of a shadow galaxy without us even knowing it. You could almost think of it as an iceberg. And the visible uh, aspect of, of our galaxy, of what we see even in our everyday life, is mis made up of uh, this normal matter. But below that, the vast majority, the 90% of that iceberg, is made up of what's known as dark matter, things that we can't see. The article says... The author begins and says, I am a light matter chauvinist. Don't snicker. You probably, you're probably one too. Almost all of us are. We think of ourselves and the world immediately around us as something special. And by extinction, we regard our matter, atoms, molecules, rocks, water, air, stairs, and all of the other things that interact with visible light stars, excuse me, as the most important kind of matter in the universe, the only matter that matters, as it were. Science tells us a starkly different story. And that says last spring, of course this would have been back in 2013, last spring the European Space Agency's Planck spacecraft completed an ultra-precise 15-month census of the composition of the universe. The kind of matter that we, that we can see makes up 4.9% of that total. Now just think about that for a second. What you see around you, the green grass, the blue sky, the stars, the sun, the moon, that's less than 5% of what's there. 95% of what exists, we can't perceive. Science tells us a starkly different story. Last spring, the European Space Agency's Planck spacecraft completed an ultra-precise 15-month census of the composition of the universe. The kind of matter that we can see makes up 4.9% of the total. Another fundamentally invisible type of matter vastly outweighs it, accounting for 26.8%. The remaining 68.3% is an even more baffling component that consists of formless energy. That means more than two-thirds of the universe has no substance at all. Even the technical language used to describe the Planck result was humbling. Things made of visible atoms are known as baryonic matter, which sounds like something you'd take at the doctor's office. The unseen 26.8% in contrast is dark matter, cool and mysterious. But cosmologists have a hard time letting go of their prejudices. For years they convinced themselves that although the visible universe may be secondary in mass, it is where all the interesting things happen. Extrapolating from their very limited knowledge of how dark matter works, cosmologists assumed that dark matter consisted of just one kind of substance with a limited range of behavior, tending to gather in giant, diffuse clouds. They generally regarded dark matter as little more than 
the glue that holds together the visible universe and all of its rich diversity. Now, I want you to think about that for a second, because this is something we talk about all the time here in the podcast, and that is, especially with the UFO phenomena, you're a very learned scientist, okay, and in our everyday life, we mostly use uh, Newtonian physics. Now, we have to use quantum physics for things, even things such as uh, the chips that go into your cell phone. But even given that, it seems like science is so reluctant to apply the notion of quantum physics to the UFO phenomena or to the comprehension of the universe at large. They keep trying to apply this very uh, rigid system of, of, of our understanding of physics. And if it doesn't fit in that 1 plus 1 equals 2 mold, then they just discard it. And what we talk about here all the time is we have to consider the things that we don't know. And just because we don't understand them doesn't mean that we don't exist. Now you can see here 28% dark matter. But beyond that, we're only able to explain 5% of the matter that we're able to see. When you open your mind up to that possibility where 95% of the universe is unseen and not understood, then you can begin to understand how the UFO phenomena, and as far as that goes, all these paranormal phenomena can occur. These can simply be phenomena emerging out of that 95%. And that explains how these UFOs so often seem to move in and out of our reality, seem to to, to shift shapes. He's talking about this uh, type of energy that is formless. Wow. It sounds almost like something biblical when he talks about an energy that is formless. Really just give this some thought. 5% of what we see is pretty much understood. 95%, man, we hardly have a clue. And he goes on, he says, Two recent advances hint at just how much we have been missing about the dark side. In January 2012, Christopher Winger, a physicist at the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands, started noticing hints of a strange type of radiation around the center of our galaxy. To his excitement, he realized that the glow could be a signal of dark matter particles smashing into each other and, in the process, transforming from something invisible to something visible. If so, it might finally be possible to go beyond simply deducing where dark matter gathers and start learning how it actually behaves. The other shoe dropped earlier this year, this is 2013, when a group of Harvard University theorists, including Lisa Randall and Zhi Fan, formulated a new theory of dark matter. One of the oddest things about Winger's detection, Randall notes, is that it was all possible. The signal would be too small for you to see under under most reasonable models of dark matter, she says, but Randall and her collaborators realized they could tidily explain the observation if there were a second type of dark matter out there, one that is not as diffuse as the dominant component of dark matter, but it but can interact with itself just like visible matter. Clumps of this interesting kind of dark matter could form a disk, collapsing into a plane that could produce a correspondingly concentrated signal like the one Winger saw. Acknowledging that dark matter might have some of the same kind of diversity and visible as visible matter may seem a minor adjustment, but it's one that has, as Randall narrates, an excited staccato, super dramatic consequences. 
If one variety of dark matter can clump together, it could form a, a penelope of previously unimagined dark structures. It could ball up into dark stars surrounded by dark planets made of dark atoms. In the most extravagant leap of possibility, this new kind of dark matter might even allow the existence of dark life. Now the author continues, he says, acknowledging that dark matter might have some of the same kind of diversity as visible matter may seem a minor adjustment, but it's one that has, as Randall narrates in an excited staccato, super dramatic consequences. As he says here, it could show that dark matter has its own form of dark life. He goes on, he says, a whole new world. The turnabout shouldn't really come as much of a surprise. Galileo began chipping away at humans' sense of self-importance a full five centuries ago when he proved that Earth does not sit at the center of the universe, no matter how things look to us. Yet the tendency to judge the cosmos based on appearances and assumptions of our primacy has proved tenacious. In the 1930s, the iconoclastic Swiss-American astronomer Fritz Zwicky collected the first evidence for Dunkel Matir, dark matter. It took another 40 years before his colleagues grudgingly began embracing the idea, persuaded by new evidence that rotating galaxies could fly apart without the stabilizing gravitational attraction of dark matter. Not until the 1980s did nearly all astronomers accept that dark matter is real, and that it is substantially outweighs the visible cosmos. At that point, a small but growing number of researchers began attempting to understand measures and map the shadow world. One approach pioneered by astrophysicist Anthony Tyson at Bell's Labs in the 1990s crudely located dark matter by the way its gravity distorted the light of visible galaxies. The next decade, studies of its cosmic microwave background, the relic radiation from the Big Bang, and by Wilkelson Microwave Astro Astropathy Probe, or WMAP, WMAP, provided a new way to measure the total of dark matter. This is the same technique that the Planck spacecraft built upon to come up with its more precise cosmic breakdown. Meanwhile, an underground Italian lab experiment, experiment called DAMA, or D-Arc Matter, project sought evidence of dark matter particles colliding headlong into atoms right here on Earth. And still, none of these efforts did much to alter the basic assumption that dark matter was fundamentally simple and rather dull. Winger's research, on the other hand, is seriously shaking things up. In 2012, he and four collaborators were combing through 43 months of data from Fermi a NASA space observatory that scans the sky for gamma rays, radiation similar to light but far more energetic. One unusual signal starkly stood apart from the others. Again and again, Fermi recorded gamma rays of a very specific energy 60 billion times as potent as ordinary yellow light. Random cos cosmic violence tends to produce radiation of all different energies equivalent to the roar of waves on the beach. This signal was totally different. It was more like the beep, beep, beep of a distress call. Winger kept checking and rechecking his results. The gamma rays looked like the long theorized flash of dark particles, crashing into it and destroying each other, which his team described as the smoking gun signature of dark matter. Mindful of the grand implications of his claim, Winger continues to monitor the Fermi data. It could be truly amazing if this turns out to be a real signal, he says. 
the article goes, goes on a little bit. And then I want to get down to this part here where it talks about vision from the other side. It says, getting mainstream scientists to move past their light matter chauvinism and take the shadow world seriously will require some highly convincing evidence. Winger frets that Fermi observations are too ambiguous to do this trick. What one needs is more data with the same experiment to, to establish that the signal is there, he says. Now, you can go to the website and you can read this total article, but I want you to think about what's happened since 2013. Well, since 2013, we're talking about the, the reality of dark matter and the diversity of dark matter. You know, scientists could theorize that they could tell it was there, but it was pretty hard to do some of his calculations. But I want you to think about this for a second. Look at the advances that have been made in quantum computing. And this article is also posted at the Twitter uh, website, UFO Warning. And it's from decrypt.co. It says, Honeywell's new quantum computer edges closer to threatening Bitcoin. Well, that's just the headline. Because what it's trying to tell you is that this computer is so powerful that it is about to unlock... Um, cryptography in ways that were, that were never thought humanly possible. When Bitcoin was created, they used the 256 SHA um, cryptography. And you can do a little research on it yourself, but what it means is it's 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 simply created, but it ends up being um, so complicated, so hard to break, that it would take, it, it would take normal computers uh, thousands of years to be able to break the cryptography. However, with the new quantum computers, they're able to solve these kinds of problems in seconds. What might have taken centuries for a normal computer might take a minute or two for a quantum computer. It says, Honeywell has announced that its newest quantum computer has reached a quantum volume of 64, twice that of IBM and Google rival machines. It says, in brief, Holly Honeywell says that its newly launched quantum computer is the most powerful in the world. The machine has achieved a quantum volume score of 64, twice as powerful as rivals of IBM and Google. Quantum computers could theoretically be used to attack Bitcoin, although the crypto industry is preparing defenses. North Carolina-based conglomerate Honeywell has raised the stakes in the quantum computing race, announcing that its newest machine has reached a quantum volume of 64, making it twice as powerful as computers operated by rivals IBM and Google. First teased in March this year, Honeywell's new quantum computer is twice as powerful. That means we are closer to industries leveraging our solutions to solve computational problems that are impractical to solve with traditional computers. Quantum volume is a metric created by IBM that measures quantum computers' capabilities and error rates. In comparison, IBM itself announced its last quantum computer in Raleigh achieved a score of 12 in January. Now it says, um, at the heart of Honeywell's quantum computer is an ultra-high vacuum chamber the size of a basketball. The sphere contains a vacuum with five times fewer particles than outer space, and is cryogenically cooled by liquid helium to a temperature of just 10 degrees Fahrenheit above absolute zero, at which point atoms practically stop vibrating. Within the chamber, electric fields levitate individual atoms 0.1 millimeter above an ion trap, a silicon chip covered in gold about the size of a quarter, 
Scientists shine lasers at these, at these positive charged atoms to perform quantum operations. So, according to Forbes, following the successful launch of the quantum computer, Honeywell now plans to commercially lend its capabilities to other companies. The service may cost around $10,000 per hour. It goes on and says... Uh, Honeywell did not disclose how many customers have already signed up, blah, blah, blah. So what we need, to, the important thing to take away from this is that with the, with the quantum computing, scientists are going to be able to ask questions and get answers to questions that they were never able to get before. What all this means with talking about uh, the intense pressure created within this uh, vacuum, the, the, the super cold temperatures, chilling the atoms, basically. What's going on here? It allows information to reach a third state. Instead of having ones and zeros, you have ones and zeros and maybes. And basically, the one it can be a one and zero at the same time. So instead of, say, if you're trying to unlock the secret of how uh, an animal's DNA works, or say you're trying to... Uh, you're trying to analyze data coming in from outer space. What might have taken you a year to analyze with a with a team of computers might now take you an hour to analyze with a supercomputer because it's that kind of magnitude ahead. This totally changes the game. And I bring up this quantum computer because we're talking about dark matter. Okay, we're talking about... A, we're talking about something where we're trying to ingest huge uh, amounts of data. They're trying to crunch really big numbers. And the thing that's going to en enable them to analyze dark matter is something like a quantum computer. The second thing about this quantum computer, if you think about this thing as a black box and you asking it questions, imagine, imagine how when they get this first quantum computer up and running, to where it's routine and they ask the quantum computer how do we build a more efficient quantum computer you apply Moore's law to this thing and the results get pretty scary pretty quick so what you should be able to see happening here is we are moving away from a system of computers that are largely dependent on Newtonian physics with some quantum physics involved as far as the chip production and that we're moving into a fully quantum paradigm and that's where we can ask really big questions and get really accurate answers fairly quickly and I think what's going to happen with these quantum computers is they're going to open up a whole new reality they're going to unfold this dark matter so this is where you want to keep your eye focused at is the dark matter's there, okay? The possibility for parallel universes and UFO phenomena are right there in front of us, but we've only been able to speculate. But now with this quantum computer coming online, we're going to be able to ask very complicated questions and get very specific answers like we could have never hoped to before. The second thing to think about is this. Who has those computers? Who has access to them? Because you and I sure don't. Not in any real sense of the word. What happens if the deep state gets control of these quantum computers? Complete control. Where they get to ask the questions and they get the answers. It's like them getting... It's, it would be as if they could pick the winning lottery tickets every day of the week. That's the kind of power these things represent.
and when we apply that kind of power to something like dark matter, which is probably where every single paranormal thing exists at, comes from, goes back and forth too. Now can you see the connection between the power of these quantum computers that are just now coming online and the reality that dark matter does exist, but up until now scientists have just equated it to some kind of blob, which I'm pretty sure we are being able to see more and more that it's not. Highly recommend you go by the Twitter account, UFO Warning, take a look around, and take a look at some of these articles, and start to put the dots together yourself. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.